You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com or click the link in the description of this episode and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks. Builtforthestage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right, please enjoy this conversation. So tell me about tell me about the difference between No Cool Kidman movie Moulin Rouge and your Moulin Rouge on the stage. Wow. Okay. Well, I think from personally for for me the biggest difference is that. I really find that this version of Moulin Rouge, you really see through Satine's journey. Okay. Um, the movie, you care so much about Christian. You care so much about his journey. You care so much about him and what he's going through. Like, I, And that's where I think that cinematic narration, I think, really does a really super fine job. And what's amazing is that when you narrate a show you see very quickly that this person has come out on the other side of things very quickly. And that, but you're still invested in his journey. But what you don't get to see is you, you don't get to see Satine on the other side until we get to the end of the show. Yeah. So you take this trip with her and you just, you get to see like another, like the flip side of Moulin Rouge that like, I think no one really ever, expected or saw in the theater what is Moulin Rouge about Moulin Rouge is like about these like bohemian ideals and these two people being in one place at one time that fall in love desperately and hopelessly and they have these crazy odds against them um they have she has a sickness that is terminal and is going to is going to take her life and i think everybody knows that and he doesn't know that he lives in this like blissful existence about just like falling in love and loving hard and fast and not being ashamed and just knowing that your time is super precious on this planet and this earth and that they 
people go for something that people say that they can't have. And I think that, like, there's no greater thing to fight for, I think, than a love of another person. There you go. There you go. If that's going to be what you fight for, you fight for it until the end. You yeah. Know? And that's what they do. And it's just such a beautiful journey of love and acceptance and devotion. And it's, I don't know, I think it's really, and dance. It's like you get to see so much of your dance well, captain in the show, right? Yeah, so I'm the assistant dance captain. You literally have a football team for an ensemble. There's like, yeah. 26, 7, how many of you? There are 29 of us on stage, and then we have a swing population that is only, I feel like it's only growing in in numbers, but um, yeah, we have um, one, we have a standby, we have two female fucking swings that are rock stars, we have um, two onstage male covers that covers Edler and Christian the Duke, and we have three offstage male swings right now we'll have four a little bit later in the game but like it's yeah or like oh yeah we have and we'll get a third female swing like it's just we have a rough and tumble team it's like it's incredible do you, do you need like because you're still uh kind of fresh into the previews do you, do you guys still need name tags backstage for each other? Because there's so many of you. No, what's crazy? There's so many of There's so many of us, but a lot of us have been on this two-year journey uh, that yeah. Um, yeah. I think that a lot of people don't realize. Like, we have been a family. It's not just a new family for Broadway. We've been a family for two years almost. Right. Boston, we, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, we did. So the journey started um, in May. Gosh, March of 2017. Yeah. Um, when a group of us got together, when Sonia asked us to get together to to so that she could audition for the process. Okay. And in doing that, she got a group of us together, and out of that group, there are four people that made it into the show. And you were one of them. And I was one of them. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. So amazing. Yeah. It's so cool. But like. And then from building a bigger family, when we did the lab, we got a full cast together. Yeah. And that's kind of when our family kind of began. And we did that. Then six months later, we did Boston. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, we are finally here on Broadway. It's crazy. It's been this crazy journey. Did you, did it seem, not effortless, but was the path smooth? Or did it seem like, oh, are we going to make it to Broadway? Is this show going to really happen? No, there was happen? never any. There was never any doubt that the show was not coming to Broadway. Okay. Like it was from the moment I think that we had our first like professional read through. There was a group of us that did a twenty nine hour reading. Okay. Um, before we did the lab, and from that moment, it was very clear that they had every intention of bringing this to Broadway. And then when I tell you, when we saw, when we had a load in of like $150,000 of like lights and moving parts for our lab. And then when we saw the set, we were like, there's, we're going to Broadway. That's like what we're doing. The set is crazy. The set is insane. The set Uh, is our, we, the set, I refer to it as our second largest company member. uh Uh-huh. So we have like the cast, and then we have the set that Derek McLean has built. That is just—it is a—it's a monster. 
does does the plot take you in different locations or do you pretty much stay in the same so place the whole time you are taken to a few different places you're taken to all around paris but you're taken to like really intimate locations so we start in the moulin rouge and most of the story takes place within that the confines of that in that little world it's like its own little like cellular place um then we have the garret that is like Latrec's home that a lot of um, more intimate conversations kind of happen, but that, that takes us out and into like a different world, but still in Mamar, which is this like crazy artistic artist, like place kind of like the East village in a way. Um, and then we have, we try, we have traveled to Satine's dressing room at one point in time. So you get to see the inside of the elephant, which is cool. Yes. Um, that you see kind of in the movie and the, the, the Derek has it created this amazing theatrical version of that. Um, and then we're taking kind of to the streets of Paris where like you finally, for the first time, which I think is so, is so clever. You get to see like the bright color. It's the first time we change color. So like it's the first time you get to see like pastels and colors and all these new rich things, not just red and gray. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and so those are kind of our like areas that we get to like play with and explore within the world of the show. Cool. Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. How long or what has been going on since Kinky Boots? <laughs> what, right. what happened in between now and then? I didn't have a lot of time. I had five weeks. And I am a crazy workaholic. Mm. And I knew that if I wasn't going to exit New York, I would have like stayed here and tried to have worked. Sure. I would have picked up any work. I would have been like, I'll dance for you. I'll sing for you. I'll do this reading for you. I would have done anything. Mm. And I hadn't had a really substantial break, which I knew that you had have work on the other side. I To have that as an artist is so cool and sometimes such a luxury that you forget that like you could enjoy those that this little baby break so i took my fiance to paris so we went to paris i saw the picture of you in front of the actor yeah so he had never gone and i took him to the moulin rouge we got set up we saw the show we had champagne we had like we stayed there for like a a week almost Mm -hmm. and we I got to like show him around. I lived there in 2006, uh, two, sorry, 2012. I did West Side Story at the okay. Chatelet in Paris. And so I got to take him around. I got to show him where I lived for yeah. these six months, which was insane. And so then we came home and I was home for four days. And then we went to Mexico. Okay. Um, Paris to Mexico. Paris to Mexico. Yeah, I mean, uh, where else would you yeah, go yeah, next yeah. after exactly. going to- It was like kind of cold in Paris. So it was nice to have like a real beach. And that was our like educational vacation is what we've called it. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> we went to, we went to Mexico. Then I came home and then I went and saw my mom, my dad. My dad lives in a place called Gardnerville in um, like Nevada near Lake Tahoe. Like, yeah. right outside of Lake Tahoe. Okay. Um, and then my mom lives in Myrtle Beach, so my mom my sister both live there, so I went to Myrtle Beach mm. and got to see them. Hey. The shots are clear. Come on. Come on. Did we talk about this? No, we haven't talked oh, about yeah. this. No, uh-uh. Anyways. Not, but, not my mom re- but my mom retired there. So I went there, hung out on the beach for a couple of days, and then came home mm. and we started a rehearsal. 
So basically, <laughs> your time in between was a vacation. Yeah, my which time is in between, amazing. Yeah, and it's something I like never really give myself. Yeah, chance or the you're, opportunity. You're a workaholic. Like no, one hundred percent. Like, I like working. I enjoy doing projects. I like creating things and. The more that I can do, the better most of the time. But then I forget how exhausted and tired I am. And I tried. I've tried more than not to listen to that and take a break when I need to take a break. So, yeah. Um, hey, Thor. Hi, buddy. Hey, big guy. Back to Moulin Rouge. Yeah. What character do you play uh, as a part of the ensemble? So, um, as a part of the ensemble, um, I play a bunch of different, like, little things. Um, you kind of, every little situation is a little bit different. Like, I, at one point, inside of the Moulin Rouge, I am one part of um, a twin. Right, I, I see those pictures. Yeah. yeah. So, me and Benji Rivera... Um, who is a, a great friend of mine, him and I kind of got chosen to be this, like, kind of fetishy sort of, like, I don't know, I refer to us as, like, the twins from The Shining sometimes. Because, like, we walk, our pre-show is we walk around and kind of, we are linked in arms and we just walk around and kind of stare out and okay. are these, like, ghostly kind of creatures. We just kind of create ambiance. Uh. Um, as the as people are coming into the as house. people are coming into ah, the house, so okay. as people come into the house, the Moulin Rouge is already yeah. in full effect. Kind of like a, I feel like Moulin Rouge is a little bit of like a cabaret meets Chicago. Is that fair? Um, <laughs> in its own, I guess, kind of in its own way that there is not a lot of a fourth wall, right? Yeah, like in that sense, that that's, that's what I'm. We break that. You don't, it doesn't ever really exist because we have a passerelle that come brings you out into the audience that like, and that's the whole point of the Moulin Rouge is that it's accepting and that it's inviting and that it yeah. pulls you in. So the more that we do that does that, I think is more of the purpose of our show. It's not just you sit down and watch, you sit down and experience the show that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I do that, and I play a patron to the Moulin Rouge. Um, I also play a couturier, which is like one of my most favorite things that I get to do in the show. Um, we are the servants to the Duke, almost. We take Satine in and out of... We pretty much dress her up to fit into society in a really cool way and we do it on stage but our costume those costumes are my favorite costumes in the whole show okay yeah they're amazing they're these beautiful blue costumes that like of course it's attached to the jackets and they're just they're incredible and then we also play i play like a regular normal person um inside the moulin rouge and our rehearsal scene we have like a rehearsal scene that's bad romance that you get to see kind of like the show that we're creating inside of the show that we're doing yeah yeah cool um, Alright, so a little bit more of, like, the journey. Also, like, oh, tell me. Go for the Sage is also, like, really getting these arms hey, together. Let's hey. go. Not as big, but tank top. they're getting, they're got getting you, there. Got your tank Honey, I, like, I, I've had a lot of people come up to me recently and say, oh, are you, are you working out right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, I'm doing 
when I tell you that I refer to doing Moulin Rouge, at least for myself, as like doing CrossFit and like uh, high intensity interval training on top of doing these workouts, like my body has never been better. Mm. It's been, it's been it, it, insane. So before your body never, uh, oh, there's Milan Rouge right there. Hey, Ty, want to get that right there? Hey, Milan Rouge. Hey. So the journey to here and your two Broadway shows previously was Finding Neverland, right? Your debut. Yeah. So my debut was in Finding Neverland. It was a swing, um, and I had been a swing almost in every show I had ever done up to that point. And that show was kind of like doing like CrossFit in a way, like yeah. we were lifting people, throwing people, lifting benches, lifting humans. It was climbing scaffolding, climbing ropes, hanging from one arm. Like it was a crazy show to swing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did Kinky Boots and that was a whole different experience. I think for me when it came to fitness, uh, because I had never up to that point, I'm used to as a man being given like half a costume. Okay. Yeah. Like right. being told here are your pants and you don't have a shirt on or like I'm, I've been told that, but I experienced for the first time the, the way that I feel like all of my like female counterparts have always felt when they get their costumes for the first time, when I was handed a bikini for the first time and was like, you're going on stage in that. I was like, Oh, Oh, Cool. Okay. Well, then how was I able, I was able to train my body to look the way that I wanted it to look by doing, I did a ton of yoga. I did a ton of like light weights. I did a lot of like Barry's boot camp. I like leaned myself out hardcore to do the show just so that I felt good in what I was wearing, but still that portion of like my fitness, like life was going to yoga was eating really differently was like doing a lot of cardio to continue to stay kind of lean and thin. Yeah. And then for Moulin Rouge, I lost 17 pounds in Boston mm. doing the show. Mm. It was like the craziest thing. I wasn't going to the, I wasn't going to the gym. I, the show was, was so hard that I dropped 17 pounds from my goal this time around. I pulled myself up to 205 pounds before we started. Like I just bulked my way up to 205 pounds by eating everything I wanted to eat for five weeks. Yeah. Um, and then I've been able to kind of stay in the 190 area, like anywhere between 190 and 195. Yeah. By like working out, like lifting a little bit differently and like being able to kind of put on a little bit more weight where at Kingy Boots, I was super self-conscious about it. Like, yeah, yeah. I was in a corset. I was like, I was a drag queen. I like, it was a different aesthetic than this. Yeah. Um, so before all three of those shows and, and making the Broadway dream happen, what were some tough roads that you had to travel on? Oh God. I think the toughest road for me to travel was the singing road. Mm. Like that was, that put me through such an emotional journey. So when I got to the city in 2012, um, my agents pretty much in, in their own great way, but they told me I needed to stop dancing. They were like, you're going to 
dancing is not a problem for you. But if you need to put your money anywhere, you need to be able to sing. And I, well, I was living in Vegas before moving to New York. I started taking singing lessons, but I didn't know how much it would require of me to do and how much my career would depend on that. And if I wanted to do more than just dance, I needed to learn how to use my voice. Yeah. So that was my toughest. I remember I cried countless times in my, in my like voice lessons. I didn't go to college for musical theater. I didn't go to college at all, but I didn't go to college for musical theater. So learning how to sing and not being good at something was so like ego shattering that I just refused to let it get the better of me. And I, I, how'd you do that? I took, I took every piece of my money and I said, I'm going to do this for myself and the betterment of my career. Is that just who you are? But, or it was, what made you not say screw it? Cause this is what I, this is what I do. I don't do anything else. Like I don't want to do anything else. I, I'm not ever going to retire. Like I have a retirement fund, but like I, I want to use that for like buying a house later on in life. Um, but I, this is what I will do. I want to be like Kelsey Grammer and Carolee Carmelo, who I work with, and I want to be like Beth Level. I want to be, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I want to be like all of these people who have had these long careers. That this is what they. Do. There's no stopping. This is. I want to do this until I'm. I like. I, like Elaine Stritch. Like I want. I just want to be these people that constantly perform and constantly do this mm-hmm. in every way, shape, and form for the rest of my life. So I think that when it really came down to like I need to learn how to do this, I just buckled down and did it. I took voice lessons once a week, every week for almost two years. And learned on the job. My first musical that I ever did as an adult was West Side Story in 2012. And I just learned. And I took a lot of chances. And I figured out how to do it my own way. Because that's been my career thus far. I've always just done it my own way. Because everybody has their own personal journey. Yeah. So, and if people... If, a lot of people that don't go to college, you have to learn in some way. And the best way to learn is on the job. So you fake it to get the job, got the job, and then you just eat up all of the knowledge that you possibly can get. I always say that I got my musical theater, like um, associate's degree or like a BFA at Kinky Boots in the three and a half years that I was there. I just remember asking the boys in that dressing room so many questions like, about music and music theory and musical theater and just trying to learn the way of the community. So like, I felt like such a baby going into that group because I had always been around dancers. Yeah. You danced with, for Celine Dion Celine show. Dion, what, like, Cirque du Soleil, yeah. like in I, Vegas, a lot of stuff. I've danced for Cher. I've danced for Tina. I've danced for like, I've danced for Beth. Like I've, like I've danced for all these really cool wonderful like women and artists and i've done all these really like i've danced for sonia for 20 years like i've done so much dance in my life that kinky boots was the first time i was around people that didn't that don't call themselves dancers right and i was 
in a way, it felt like the odd man out because they would talk about this their musical theater experiences. And I had to, I remember asking what um, a uh, what's it called? Um, what is the thing that colleges do? that they bring all their graduating seniors showcase. Yes. I was like, I don't know what a showcase is. I was like, what is that? They're like, we're going to go like speak at our showcase and like our college. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> I have no idea what that is. And then I went to one cause I didn't know what it was. So my friend brought me to one. Like it's just, yeah, they've got my musical theater knowledge through just being in musical theater yeah. and learning what kind of musicals I want to do. You probably taught them a lot though too. I mean, I, I hope, I you had, yeah, yeah come, you know, because, like, yeah, they had that great musical theater background. Maybe they're a little bit more well-rounded overall, but the level of dance that you were at at that point. Yeah. You know? And also, like, learning how to sing with that group of boys was super intimidating. Mm -hmm. Like, being able to, like, hold my, like, part and my heart. I had never – it kind of validated me a lot as a singer getting into that show because that show – Yes, I had to dance. Yes, I had to do a back handspring and four-inch heels, but those are things I do. Yeah, yeah. Like, singing a three-part <laughs> harmony and with people who sing the house down. Yeah. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. But I had to learn how to do that. But you did? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. over three and a half years, it just they felt, felt like my family. Like, And it felt like the right place. And it felt like after that show, I felt like I could conquer anything I wanted to. And without my voice being the way that it was, I probably wouldn't have gotten past Justin Levine or Moulin Rouge the way that I did. Like it's been a, it's that it's all kind of like circumnavigated the fact that like my voice now carries me just as much as my dancing does. Yeah. So I'm getting from it that one, you gave yourself no choice. There was no plan B. Meaning no. like when the road got rough or the singing was tough to like, put your ego aside. No, I mean, my mom always said, if you have a backup plan, you're going to back up. Ah, uh, I've, I've heard many of backup sayings, yeah. backup plan, but not that one. Yeah. Like if you have one, you're going to eventually back up on it. Like, well, the way I took it though, the way you just said was not only if you have a backup plan, chances are you're going to take it, you're going to do it. Yeah. But the literal saying of backing up, yeah. you're move backward. Yeah. And you're going to like it's take a, yourself away from, a learning experience or an opportunity because you're going to literally back yourself. You're like, you're going to just say you're going to get to the door and you're going to be like, I actually can't do that. And you're just going to pull yourself right away from it. And you're going to back up and you're going to close the door and it probably will never open again. That's like, what's really shitty about this and also really beautiful about this career and this thing because opportunities don't come around really twice. And they, they just don't like sometimes they do. And sometimes they won't ever again. So you have to just take the opportunity, hold on, know that you have the skills and the ability to do what is asked of you. Even if you don't necessarily believe it in yourself, somebody has, somebody has seen even a glimmer and they are asking you to be a part of an opportunity and you have to trust yourself and your abilities that you'd be able to do that. You have to allow yourself to succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You must. You have to. Or if not, you're just going to keep doing the same thing all the time because that doesn't scare you or frighten you or push you or make you want to be better. 
like it's just gonna allow you to be super complacent yeah and if that's what you want then you can have that yeah but if that's not what you want like you just keep walking through doors that continue to open for you And that'll do it with Frederick Odegaard. Thanks again, Fred, for coming on the podcast in the midst of your crazy schedule with Moulin Rouge. Go check out Frederick and Moulin Rouge as they're in previews right now and are set to open in just a few weeks. All right, once again, if you want to try that free trial, go to the website, builtforthestage.com, and fill out the contact form. Until next time, it's me, Roscoe, signing off. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.